0: And grateful tonight for our presence here. We thank you, Lord, that you've made way for us to be here. We are grateful. Lord, we welcome your spirit to teach us. And in the name of Jesus, we rebuke every other voice that is not of God lord we give no place to the devil let not any spirit that is not of god prevail in our midst but let the holy spirit take over take control seize the atmosphere and teach us and lord our request tonight is that let us not leave this place the same as we came may we not live with the same heart we came with but we pray lord that you change our hearts transform our hearts In the name of jesus take from our hearts this old hearts old stony hearts and replace with a new fleshy heart we are grateful and thankful in jesus name amen Amen. clap your hands together for the Lord, and you may be seated beautiful can we um, we want to continue sharing um, about uh, the message that we've been sharing for some weeks now and I'm hoping that we will conclude this message we've been sharing for several weeks but there was a pause, there was a break during our holiday season that we put our message on pause and, um, but um, by the grace of God we will bring it to an end shortly. And um, So we are sharing about the symbols from the prodigal son Symbols from the prodigal son Hallelujah Are you being blessed by these messages? Are you learning from these messages? Are you changing from these messages? That is the most important We can learn from the messages but we are not changing We are still the same That is also not helpful. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So we've been sharing so many things from this story. And I want us to read it one more time. Are you tired of reading the story about the prodigal son? Are you tired? By this time, you should be able to recite it. Isn't that so? Wonderful. So we want to read this story again. We want to read this story one more time. We will read it every time we are sharing so that you get the story properly. How many of you um, listen to the encounter service? I mean, the um, revival service. Revival at seven. You know, Bishop was preaching from this very story, and I was so blessed, so blessed by it. Do you know the message, the name of the message? is what? Ben MC. Ben <laughs> huh? Ben MC. Oh, you don't know. Beautiful, exciting, nice, mood-changing. <laughs> huh? Ben MC, powerful message. I encourage you. As, you see, I believe that the Spirit is talking to us. So I want you, all of you, to listen to that message, the um, Revival at 7. Listen to that message, and it will bless you. Amen. Wonderful So Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. And he said, "A certain man had two sons, And the younger of them said to his father, "Father, give me the portion of goods that followed to me." And he divided unto them his living, and not many days after. The, son, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with righteous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his field to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. And I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose, and he came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck. And kissed him. And the son said unto him, "Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son." But the father said to his servants, "Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and they began to be merry now his elder son was in the field and as he came and drew nigh to the house he heard music and dancing and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father had killed the fatted calf, because he had received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, Neither transgress I at any time thy commandment. And yet, thou never givest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, and had devoured thou living with halots, thou hast killed for him the fathered calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me. And all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Hallelujah. This thy brother was lost and is found. Amen. Amen. So we shared so many things about this story I think there's so much to learn from this story, and we looked at two sons, and we said these two sons are not a bad son and a good son, but these are two Christians. The story represents two Christians, two sons of the father, two sons that were in the father's house. Hallelujah. Two sons that were doing things in common. Two sons that the father was giving things to and treating equally. And one took a decision and went out and went to a far country. And we talk about the things that put us far away from the father. Hallelujah. And we talk about decisions that we take and what things are in our heart that make us Take certain decisions. Amen. Amen. And we talk about taking major decisions also. We talk about taking certain major decisions to bring certain major change in our lives. Amen. Amen. We talk about independent spirits. When we have independent spirits, the things that we do and the things that happen to us. So we shared so many things about The son that left the father's house. The Christian that left the father's house. And we said he took a certain decision. When he realized how far low he has gone, he took a major decision. The Bible says he came to himself. That means he came to his senses. And then he took a certain decision. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes we come to our senses about certain situations and we take certain decisions, but we never carry them forward. Isn't that so? We take certain decisions and we never carry them forward. We take decisions and we say, Oh, I know I have to go to school. I will go to school. And we never go to school. Isn't that so? We take certain decisions and you analyze your situation and you know what is causing your downward pull or what is causing you to continue to go down and we make or we take certain decisions. But we never materialize those decisions. But this young man, he took a decision and the Bible says, and he arose. He arose. Once he came to himself, and he made a decision, he arose, and he went to his father's house. Some of us, we have not taken certain decisions, and it's the reason why we are where we are. And we, it's not because we are not aware of it. We are not ignorant of our situation. We are not ignorant of what is happening to us. We have identified our problems, and we have taken a decision, but we have not carried it forward. And for that reason, we are where we are. This boy, if he had not risen up and had not gone to his father's house, perhaps he would have been where he was, still fighting and eating with the pigs. Amen. Amen. Now, we began also talking about the elder brother. Do you remember? The last last Tuesday, we were talking about the elder brother. And we said the elder brother now represents Christians like you who are always in the Father's house. Isn't that so? Christians like you who have not gone anywhere. Christians like you who attend all meetings. When the Father calls, you respond. Such Christians, those are the elder brothers. You are the type we are talking about. Tell your neighbor, you are the type. Tell your neighbor, this message is for you. Tell your neighbor, tonight, the pastor is going to talk about you. Amen. And so last week, I believe I gave you some lessons. I gave you some lessons that we are learning from the elder son. Isn't that so wonderful? What is the first lesson I gave you? That you can be in the father's house and yet have an unforgiving spirit. That you can be in the father's house and yet have an unforgiving spirit. Verse 26 verse 25, you put verse 25. It says, now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. Verse 26. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, thy brother is come. And thy father had killed the fathered calf because he had received him safe and sound. And he was angry he was angry and would not go in he was angry and will not go in hallelujah he was angry and he will not go in now this kind of behavior happens all the time with the senior brothers and the senior sisters especially the senior sisters. Hallelujah. Isn't that so? It happens all the time. The Bible says he was angry and he will not go in. He was angry and he would not go in. Someone can be angry because of someone that is in the choir. He says, if this person is in the choir, I will never join the choir. I'm talking about senior brothers and senior sisters. Established members in the choir. Senior brothers and senior sisters who have been in the choir for many years. He says, if this person is in the choir, I'm not singing anymore. True or not true? Or you have not heard that before? If I'm preaching some abstract message, tell me and then I'll change my message right now. Because I tell you that I don't like abstract messages. I don't like messages that It's about everything else. Do you have a general message? I was sharing with a sister, and I said, Christians like general things. That someone came to me and said, um, Pastor, pray, pray for me. And I asked the person, What is the problem? What What is the problem? He said, Oh, pray general prayers. <laughs> he said, Just pray for me. Just pray for me, reverend. We don't have prayers that covers everything. General, you know. (laughs) You see? Because the person doesn't want to be specific. Doesn't want to open up. Christians like that. And then we all are under the cover of general Christians. We are Christians. Say, pray for me. General prayers. Isn't that so? We like general things. What is the problem? Oh, just pray. Just pray. The Lord knows. The Lord knows what is the problem. So you just pray. If the Lord knows, why are you coming to tell me? Why are you telling me? If the Lord knows, then let the Lord heal you. Or let the Lord take care of the issue. General prayers. Pray general prayers. You go to a doctor and then you tell the doctor. They ask you, say, what is wrong with you? Oh... General pains. General pains. I have general sickness. You see? You see, when you are like that, we can't help you. When you When you cannot be specific and direct the person, so you see, the person will be asking you, what is wrong? You say you're having this pain here. Does the pain come on and off? Does the pain stay constantly? What brings on the pain? Do you see? What relieves the pain? What position makes the pain better? Isn't that so? We ask all kinds of questions. If you have seen a doctor before, they ask you all kinds of questions. And then after they have asked you so many things about the pain, they begin to ask you general things about your whole body. Isn't that so? They call it review of systems. And they are reviewing your systems from your head to your toe, asking you, do you have headache? Do you have eye vision, I mean, vision problems? Do you have ear problems? Do you have neck problems? Do you have, and they are coming down. Do you have this problem? Do you have any prob- problem? So you wonder, ah, I just came with my pain in the, what has that to do with, you see, you don't understand. Isn't that so? Then they want to know intimate things. Intimate things. What was your last period? Yeah. How many days does your period last? Yeah, huh? Yeah. And then you say, ah! You see, you don't understand. Do you understand? They, uh, they want to know the first time. How old were you when you have your first period? Wow. Then they, you, 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 even you, you don't remember. Do you remember? <laughs> as you, as you don't remember. But they want to know. When was the first time? How old were you when you first had your... Say, ah, I just came with this. Please, give me general medicine. (laughs) You see, they want to know intimate things. detailed things. Do you have vaginal secretions? Do you have discharge? You say, oh, I'm shy. Oh, Oh, I have some discharge. But, you know, general discharge. General. (laughs) General discharge. You say what color? Oh, general one. General, general. (laughs) Does it have any odor to it? General odor. You see? Nobody can help you. No one can help you. But Christians like that. Sometimes you are in a you you are in a choir and suddenly you have changed. What is wrong? Oh, you see. Something is wrong, but you don't want to say anything. I don't like how things are happening, generally. You know, I don't, I don't want to sing anymore. Why? Generally, I don't like the way things are. You see, you know particularly what is wrong. Sometimes people are angry just because you are doing something in a church. People are angry. He says he was angry and he will not go in. Sometimes people are angry, and because you are in a church, they don't want to join the church. Because you are in a church, they don't want to join the church. Or because you are the pastor, they don't want to join the church. They say, if this person is not a pastor, then, or if the pastor is not there and this person is the one that is going to preach, I will not come to church. People do that. You see, but you see, it is our ignorance. We do not understand God. We do not understand God. And then we think that the work is the work of man. It's some man's work. But if we understand that it's the work of God, then it will change our reception to these things completely. The Bible says he was angry and he will not come in. There was a lady who was not coming to church. She was not coming to church and I called her. And I said, why are you not coming to church? He said, hey, if this brother is in your church, I'm not coming anymore. I said, why? Oh, the brother came to do something for me, and the brother swerved me. The brother didn't. So if the brother is still in the church, I'm not coming. He said, what has that to do with God? What has that to do with God? Oh, the brother is not truthful. And because of that, the person, you see, we have no understanding our walk with God. We don't understand. We don't understand. If this person sits in your car, you give right to this person, then I'm not riding in a car anymore. If you are going to continue to give right to this person, I'm not riding with you anymore. It doesn't not happen. Amen. And often, you see, it is something that the person has done to us that we are not able to forgive. Something that the person has done, and we are holding a long-standing grudge, a long-standing unforgiveness against the person, and we cannot let go. Often that is what the case is. Isn't that so? And sometimes, you see, we think we have forgiven a person But sometimes it is faded memory. Do you see? Sometimes it's faded memory. Sometimes you think you are forgiving a person. But when you see the person, then you realize that you have not forgiven the person. Amen. Amen. Some of you, when you are invited even to someone's function, someone is having a party, someone is having something and then they invite you, you ask, who else is coming? (laughs) Who else have you invited? And because you know A, B, C, D are coming, I'm not going. He says he was angry and he will not go in. He was angry and he will not go in. So you can be in a church, actively serving the girl that we say we are serving, actively serving in the father's house, laboring in the Father's house, being tired in the, se- the Father's house, and still have unforgiveness in your heart. Amen. Amen. Now, unforgiveness is a very serious sin. Are you listening to me? Yes. Unforgiveness is a very serious sin. Very serious sin. This is not the message for that, but I want you to read a scripture in Mark chapter 11 with you. You see, unforgiveness can cut you off from God, from receiving many things from God. Unforgiveness. It can cut you off. It's a serious sin. Hallelujah. It's a serious sin. And sometimes we don't know that unforgiveness is in us until someone shows up. You see, no one knew that this elder brother was full of unforgiveness. As far as everyone was concerned, he was the father's favorite. Doing things in the house. Working in the house. And with our understanding that everything that the father has is his. And it will come to him. And the father also was with the impression that, oh, everything that I have is for him. Then the father realized that there is unforgiveness in his heart. Just as the son shows up, Just as the younger brother shows up. So sometimes, you see, when someone is far away, far memory, it makes us feel that we are forgiven. And so people would have thought that, oh, as he's walking about and going about, he feels sorry for his younger brother who has gone. But nobody could see that he was full of unforgiveness. Mark chapter 11 and verse 22, it says, and Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whatsoever, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. Give, us, give me the new living translation. Let me. The new living translation. It says, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. Do you have the new living translation? You don't have it. Then Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain. Are you listening? You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea. And it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen. And have no doubt in your heart. That is one condition. Do you see? So whatever mountain stands in your life, whatever prevents you from moving forward, anything that is standing in your life that prevents you from moving forward is a mountain in your life. I mean, you're not going to go around and destroying the landscape, the beautiful landscape, and moving mountains here and there because you have faith. It's a mountain, be removed, and go into the sea, and this mountain, and, go in, and then you are breaking houses. Destroying landscape. You won't do that. But mountains, things that stand in your life. Things that are standing in your way. Things that are preventing you from achieving something. From moving forward. They are mountains in your life. I'm I'm showing you something very, very important. Something that can bring great breakthroughs in your life. So Jesus is saying, I tell you the truth. It's the truth. I mean, does Jesus tell a lie? No. But if you, find it, you, you are finding him telling you something and to add that I'm telling you the truth, verily, verily, I'm telling you, that means that it is something difficult for you to believe. Do you understand? It means that this is, it, it, it sounds impossible. It sounds very difficult, but it is your key to great breakthroughs. Your key to making the impossible possible. So he says, I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it that it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. Are you listening? Yes. You can pray for anything. And if you believe that you receive it, it will be yours. You can pray for anything. And if you really believe that what you are praying for, you can receive it. It will be yours. This is great power that is given to Christians. Great power. And it says, I tell you the truth. You can pray for anything, anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Amen. It will be yours. Amen. It sounds impossible, but if you really believe it, it will be yours. Amen. Then he says, "But when you are praying, you see, prayer is important. Jesus wants us to pray. Don't take prayers for joke. If you want something from the Father you are expected to pray about it. Don't say, God knows. God knows what is in my heart. Amen. Amen. He says, but when you are praying, when you are praying, first, forgive anyone you are holding a a grudge against. I'm showing you a key to great breakthroughs. You see, many people do not receive things from the Father because of this key because you see a lot of times when people are far away we think we are forgiving them this elder brother he thought that he and all people at least he didn't have anything against his brother as long as he wasn't around as long as he didn't see him we never heard him say anything about the brother isn't that so even if he had come and they had told him oh your father has received some guests and he's having this party and that's why there's music and dancing, he would have been okay. He would have just gone to the shower, take shower, change, and then join the party. But when he was told that your brother has come and your father has killed the fathered calf and we are making merry, the Bible says he was angry and he will not go in. He was angry and he will not go in. So Jesus is saying, you can have everything that you pray for, anything that you ask of the Father, if you believe, you'll receive it." But He says, "But when you are praying, when you are praying, when the time that you are praying, first, forgive, first, proton. First, number one, before you ask the Father for anything, first, forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against. anyone. That you are holding a grudge against. Say first, forgive every, anyone, anyone, anyone could be young, old, small, big, little, anyone that you hold a grudge against. Now the person that you hold a grudge against is the person who has offended you. Do you understand? And people offend us all the time, all the time. Do you understand? And the thing about unforgiveness is that when the person is not inside, it appears as if you are forgiving the person. So the key is forgive the person right away. So that it doesn't fade away when the person offends you. Forgive. Because you do not gain anything by holding a grudge against the person. You do not get any benefits. You don't, you don't increase. Rather you decrease. Yes, well, so it is in your great interest to forgive the person right away as the person offends you and not walk away with a grudge because when you walk away with time it appears as if you are forgiven. But it is in you. Amen. Amen. He said, forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against, so that your Father in Heaven will forgive your sins too. You see, do you see why a lot of people don't receive things from the Father? Because, you see, this is a difficult thing for people to do. It's a difficult thing for people to do. But you can. I tell you, you can. You know, you need to to pray for a light spirit that... You can easily forgive that you don't bear that grudge. Amen. Do you understand? Amen. Yeah, I mean, there are times that people will do things to you, and then you, you should be able to forget, you know. And then people are trying to rem- remind you, you say, ah, Don't you remember that this guy did this thing to you? And then he says, ah. you see? Don't you remember you see? me when you offend me? I don't remember, I'm telling you, wow. by the grace of God. I do not remember. It's by the grace of God. I do not. For, and I thank God for that. I really thank God for that. In the past, it used to bother me. I said, ah, ah, this person, he something to me. And I, and I, I met the person, and I, and I was really nice. It used to bother me. But I realized it is great grace. Great grace. That forgetfulness is, is helping me. <laughs> it's helping me. Seriously, it's helping me. Because this scripture scares me. It says, but when you are praying, it says, you can, go back to that previous verse. Go back, 24, 24. He says, I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you have received it, it will be yours. It will be yours. Then he says, but when you are praying, When you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. There's a verse in 26 which is not in New Living Translation. And they made a note that in other manuscripts they... So give us 26 in the King James Version. It says, but if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven Forgive your trespasses. Now, this is a serious thing. Because God does not answer the prayers of sinners. Do you understand? So I think that unforgiveness is a very serious, because the reason why I think it's a very serious sin is we take it lightly. We take it lightly. But it is one sin that makes God withhold so many things from us. That we don't receive certain breakthroughs. Hallelujah. So pray about unforgiveness. Amen. The second lesson we learned from the elder brother. What was the second lesson? You can do the work of God and yet have an unforgiving heart. You see, the first lesson we say you can have you can be in the father's house. There are people they don't go anywhere. You see, this is the son who was always in the house. He didn't go anywhere. There are people who are always in the house. Not that they are working in the house. They are always in the house. But they do not have, they have unforgiveness in them. The second one, we are saying, you can do the work of God and yet have an unforgiving heart. We read in verse 25, in um, Luke 15, verse 25, it says, and when he, Luke 15, Luke 15, Luke 15, verse 25. He says, now his elder son was in the field. What was he doing in the field? He was working. He says, he was in the field. Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he was in the field. He was working in the field. Amen. This means he was actively doing the father's work. He was actively doing hard work. Hard work in the field. Difficult work in the field. But his heart was not of the father's heart. His heart was unforgiving. Amen. Amen. So you can be singing in the choir but you have an unforgiving heart. Is it possible? Are you sure? Are you sure that there is someone who can really be singing in the choir and is harboring an unforgiveness in a person? Is it possible? Yes, it's possible. It's possible that you can be ushering and have an unforgiveness. Especially this person who you were trying to organize to sit somewhere and show you some disrespectfulness. Look at you. Look at you from top to bottom and look at you. Like, who are you to talk to me like that? And you were so angry. Amen. Amen. You can be arranging, packing, sweating in the Father's house. Doing hard work in the Father's house. And how unforgiveness? Sometimes when I look at our drummers in the summer. And they're playing and they're sweating. They also have to dress decently for the church service. So they're also with their tie and they're playing. So you can be playing and sweating. And we are all seeing how, how sacrificial. And we are enjoying some of the people. They are dancing and enjoying. They don't even care that you are sweating. (laughs) And the leader is also extending the song and going and going. And you are sweating. (laughs) They say, get some fun. We are having fun here. Get some fun and let it blow over you. And you can be going through all of that and still have unforgiveness. Amen. Amen. You can be preaching and sweating. Sometimes there are some people, they say, even when I am preaching, they are suffering for me (laughs) in the summer. They are suffering for me because the man is sweating. Sometimes I can see some of your faces and I want to, because of you, I have to wipe my sweat. So that you can focus on the message, but you see, you can be preaching and sweating and still have unforgiveness in you. You can be the pastor of a church with unforgiveness in your heart, amen. So, you can be doing the father's work and still have unforgiveness. You can be in the field, you know, the field's work working in the field is difficult, it's hard work. Working in the field is hard. That is why not many people go for evangelism. Isn't that so? When we ask you, do you come? Yeah, the same people. The same people. That is why not many people go for visitation. They don't go and visit other people. Doing the father's work is hard work. field work. You say he was in the field working. He was in the field. Isn't that so? He says, the elder, now his elder son was in the field. Doing the father's work is hard work. Following up people is hard work. Amen. Amen. Even making phone calls as we have asked you, you don't. Even phone calls, you don't. So doing the father's work is hard work, but what I'm saying is that you can be doing this hard work And still have unforgiveness in you. You can do the hard work and still have unforgiveness in you. Hallelujah. Amen. Tired for the Father. Tired. That everyone sees that you are being tired for the work of God. Being tired. Some of you work very hard in the house of God. You work very hard. Besides all of your activities, besides everything else that you do, you still have time to do the work of God. And I'm saying you can be doing all of that and still have unforgiveness in you. Amen. Are you examining your heart? Are you checking your heart if there is some unforgiveness in you? It's a serious sin. The third lesson. What was the third lesson? You can be in the father's house and not have the father's heart. You can be in the father's house and not have the father's heart. heart. Amen. Amen. You can be in the father's house and not have the father's heart. Now, the father's heart is a heart of love. Do you understand? The father's heart is a heart of love. But the elder brother's heart is a judgmental heart. A heart that chooses judgment over mercy. It is the heart that does not welcome you unless you are perfect. Amen. It is the heart that does not welcome you unless you are perfect. It is the heart that has no tolerance for imperfection. Amen. It does not tolerate imperfection. Amen. It is the heart that does not welcome anyone who is making an effort to do good. That is the elder brother's heart. It does not welcome anyone who is making an effort to do good. So verse 30, in this scripture, verse 30, he says, he acknowledged that the younger brother had done something wrong. Do you see? Because he says, but as soon as this thy son was come, as soon as this thy son was come, that means that he acknowledged that the elder brother the younger brother, has done something wrong. It is, which had devoured thy living with halots. As soon as this thy son, who has devoured thy living with halots has come. That means he acknowledged that his younger brother had done some wild things. Some done some evil things against his father. Isn't that so? just in case the father even didn't know he was reminding him he says and you you said as soon as this thy son had come which had devoured thy living with riotous living with harlots he says he has come that means that he acknowledged that of all the things that he has done he has come back Do you see? So he has made effort to come back after all that he has done. But he was not happy that the father was showing him mercy. He was not happy that the father was showing him mercy. His heart was totally different from the father. Amen. He was in the father's house, but he did not have the father's heart. Jesus is always showing us. If you look in the scriptures, he's always showing us the things that really bring joy to the Father. He's always showing us the things that really bring joy to the Father's heart. The things that tintillates the Father's heart. The things that cause Ben MC. Isn't that so? Yeah. The things that when you do, it will make the Father beautify your life. It will make the father make your life exciting. Isn't that so? And it will will call the father to make your life nice. You will get this when you know the father's heart. You will only get these things when you know exactly the things that tintillate the father's heart. So you see, a lot of times we think that hard work tintillates the father. Hard works make the Father happy. Amen. Amen. So Jesus is showing us the things that bring joy to the Father's heart. We don't hear of the heavens having a party or they're throwing a party in the heavens because we gathered in church. Is there in the scripture that the heavens are... We know that the Father dwells on our praises, yes. But we don't hear of the angels are having a party because... Someone is arranging chess in the church. The angels, are having, the angels are having a party because someone is playing instruments or singing in the church. The angels are having a party because someone is preaching. is that the kind of things we the, the heavens celebrate about? We don't hear about that. We don't hear the, the angels having a party because someone is preaching or someone is teaching. We don't hear that. We don't hear the angels having celebration. They said there is joy in heaven because someone traveled long distance to come to church. Is that what we hear? No. We don't hear that. But what we do hear is that there is joy in heaven when one lost soul returns to the Father's house. That is what we hear that the father becomes excited and the father starts misbehaving. The father starts throwing parties around when one lost soul returns to his house. You see, most of you are not interested in what the father is interested in. Most of us are interested in what we are interested in. Not what the father is interested in. Most of us are interested in working hard in the field. Amen. Amen. That is why most of you will, you, you will be happy, you will be happy cleaning the church than, for instance, welcoming a lost soul. You will be happy wiping the church than going for evangelism. True or not true? true. I'm showing you something. If I were to ask you, clean the whole church, wipe this place. Even if I were to ask, let's organize that we come and paint this place. The people have given, we will come and paint. We will come and paint. If I say, oh, the people, they have sold this place to us. And now we want to change all these things that they are putting in the back. and, And we want to, somebody, oh, somebody will sell something for us. You will buy the fabric and say, oh, our brother here can sew for our volunteer to buy the fabric. Do you understand? You see, we, were, we are willing to do things like that. Than if I say, oh, let's go for evangelism. Amen. Most of you are not interested in the lost. Most of you do not take interest in a new person that comes to church. True or not true? When a new person comes to church, most of you are not interested. The person that the father has brought to his house, most of you are not interested in a person like that. You are not interested in that. You don't take interest in that. But if you knew that those are the things that excite the father, If you knew that those are the things that brings joy to the Father. If you knew that when a person like this comes, when you see a person like this, it means parties are happening in in heaven. It is bringing parties in the Father's heart to throw parties. You will jump onto that person. You will jump onto that person. True or not true? If you knew that this truly brings joy to the Father's heart, you you will, as soon as service is over, you will go after that person. If I knew that you are the reason why heavens are going to have a party and you have come, why would I come and after church then I'm still hanging around with this person who brings no joy? He says he will leave the 99 who need no repentance. He will leave them. And then you go after the one lost soul. So why should I waste my time on this one who brings no joy in heaven and he's just packing instruments and arranging chairs and sweating and doing this. And this one's lost soul who is sitting here lonely he is the reason for joy in heaven why would I not go I will go to that person I will take your number I will take your facebook account facebook address I want to know where you live I want to know your twitter I want to know your snapchat do you have twitter do you have snapchat what do you what do you live I want to know about because you are the reason for celebration in the heavens but the reason why would I not go after this person? Why would I not associate myself with this person? So that when the heavens are rejoicing, you see, if the younger brother, if the younger brother had come and he did not receive that reception that he received, what would have happened to him? He would have gone back. He would have gone back. True or not true? If the young brother, what about if the young brother, when he came, the first person he met was the elder brother. What do you think would have happened? He would have returned. He would have gone back. But that is what happens when a new person comes. He meets the elder brothers and the elder sisters in the church and they leave and they never come back. Because they meet elder brothers and elder sisters who are not interested in them. Mm. Who don't ask them about their numbers. Mm. Don't ask them about their Facebook account. Don't ask them if they have Twitter. If you have Snapchat. If you have, have, um, what is the other one? Instagram. Instagram. Do you Viber? Do you IMO? These days, I'm into um, what is a new thing? That's it. My space. Telegram. We still write email. Oh, email. It will take too long. You see? That is what the Father does. The father would do anything to make this my son. He says he was dead. He was lost. And he's come. He would do everything to make him now like to be in the house. So he says, Bring the best robe. Bring the best robe. Bring the best. You see, you are all sitting here. The father will not put best robes on you. But I would like to associate with myself with the person that the father will put the best robe on so that he will remember me. Amen. The senior, the elder brother was in the house. The best robe was in the house. He never, the fatted calf was in the house. They never killed it for him. If this young boy has not come back, the, fat will, the calf will grow fat and fat and die. Some of you, your calves are in the house. They are growing fat and fat and they are about to die because you are not interested. And that's, There's no party. There's no party. There's no party. They're not throwing out parties for you. Amen. Amen. I promise that is a short service, so I want to pause here. I have a lot to share with you, so we'll pause here. Then we'll continue next time. We Put your hands together for the Lord. Why don't you stand to your feet? The Father's heart. The Father's heart. Oh, the Father's heart. That you have interest in the lost soul. That interest, that interest, that interest in the lost interest in the lost oh interest in the lost we are thankful and grateful we thank you lord lord we ask for the father's heart we pray lord that you give us the heart of the father the forgiving heart the heart of love the welcoming heart the heart that appreciates the effort that people are making the heart that seeks after the lost the heart that goes after the lost the heart that searches after the lost. The heart that welcomes anyone that comes to the Father's house. Lord, we are grateful. Give us that heart. Give us that heart. Remove this heart of an elder brother from us. Take this heart of an elder sister from us. Take this hearts, oh God, and replace in us the heart of the Father. We glorify your name. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. If there's anyone here, you are not born again, you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to give your life to Christ, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Jesus? Anyone here like that? Father, we are thankful and grateful for the gift of salvation, the gift of love. Lord, that whilst we are yet sinners, you sent your Son to die for us. Oh, what a God. What a Father. We are thankful, Lord. We are grateful. Help us, Lord, to continue to walk with you. And help us, Lord, to spread this love. To share this love. Father, to bring others into this love. We thank you. We glorify your name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus.